Welcome to episode 10 of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast, brought to you by the letter J for Josh. Or Jonathan. And him. Jerk. And Randy. (laughs) (laughs) The letter J for jerk, Randy. Yeah, Randy. Josh, where are you coming from? I am coming from beautiful Lake Oswego, Oregon. Ooh, and I come to you from the lovely Cannon Beach. Oh, you're back in Cannon Beach. Yes. How's that going? came back over the weekend. You didn't get kicked out. There wasn't a roadblock at the at the entrance. Bro, I got passes at every roadblock in this country, <laughs> especially at your mom's house. Ooh. Oh, oh damn! Oh, my mom's hospitable. She's a very nice, pleasant woman. Oh, um, I don't even need a pass. Uh, Northeast Portland for me. Hey guys, I'm gonna take a, a serious moment here, uh, and I uh, want to send out some love to uh, Harry Brown of Portland Spurs. Uh, he is recovering from some major uh, cancer surgery, uh, very intense. And I'm going to murder these uh, medical terminology or murder this medical terminology. But uh, he was diagnosed with cancer of his left salivary gland, whatever, uh, left salivary gland. I will never pronounce it. And the procedure he had is crazy. Uh, it's called a hemixelectomy or helixectomy. Uh, so basically, um, the surgical plan was to have the tumor removed uh, with a sizable margin to prevent the tumor growing back and to rebuild my left upper jaw with a bone flap from my left fibula. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah, so he was diagnosed in February. He had like kind of a bump on his face and he wasn't sure what it was. It's intense. Uh, and so he uh, has made it through. Uh, he did call out um, his head and neck surgical associates. Uh, I won't say their names on the podcast just because they probably don't want press from us. Um, but uh, his surgery took 14 hours. Uh, the tumor, a tumor the size of an Easter egg was removed and he was in the ICU for three days before being moved to the surgical oncology unit. He did just get discharged, uh, a couple days ago, which is fantastic. And his, uh, in a, like a Portland Spurs heartwarming moment, um, he did come home in his Portland Spurs, uh, t-shirt. <laughs> so, oh, cool. um, yeah, so crazy, crazy. He's like one of our most vocal, like he's from North London. He used to be in all the shit kicking firms, uh, you know, growing up. I remember telling him about my dad in Ipswich Town and he's like, yeah, I got arrested there one time um, because, you know, he was there kicking the shit out of other people over a soccer game. Um, but anyway, he's a really good friend and I'm just, I'm glad that he's, uh, recovering. So, uh, if you send us any well wishes or have a similar story, uh, let me know and, uh, or let us know and I will, I will pass it on to Harry. Uh, I would like to extend an invitation to him to join the the PDX Clarets. (laughs) I think even with his recovering, uh, from crazy surgery, he will come to your house and kick in your door. (laughs) (laughs) like dude's a legit badass um um when that stupid arsenal fan was causing trouble at toffee club and he was physically removed from from the location that was harry who did that but again much love to you harry get well soon uh hopefully this is over and we can all come hang out and do dumb shit again um 
But okay, enough with the, the depressing talk about <laughs> medical shit. Um, let's talk about fun things. Okay. <laughs> like, how about some listener questions? Hey, Portland Vandy Soccer Podcast. This is Matt Collins from Southeast Portland. Uh, first time caller, long time listener, and uh, someday I really hope to meet each and one of you. I'm um, just can't believe just such amazing soccer minds here. So here are my questions for you guys, the Brain Trust. Who is each of your folk hero player for the Portland Timbers? Uh, the MLS page recently had an article a few weeks back where they had people pick theirs. Um, I think Jack Jewsbury was the one picked for the Timbers. Mine would be Nat Borchers. Who would yours be? He came in, he embraced the city, embraced the season, won a cup. Fantastic. Who's going first? So, I will. Uh, my uh, folk hero player choice, Matt, is Samuel Armenteros. And oh, that was mine. Okay. Oh, he should have gone first. Um, I know. Okay, I'm picking a new one. I don't generally purchase player name jerseys uh, because, you know, it's always the kiss of death. You spend the money, you buy that player, and then they leave. And uh, I was convinced that Samuel Armenteros was going to fall in love with the city of Portland and uh, send Europe packing. And I waited all season at one point to buy this Jersey. And Brianna's like, you finally bought the Jersey. Like, you know, you want like, good for you. And then that's when he stopped playing uh, and, and left. But I believe fundamentally that Samuel Armenteros uh, was the best striker to ever play for Portland, like pound for pound striker. And we only got a very small sample size. Oh, uh, numbers don't back that up, man. The stats aren't going to back that up. That's what I'm saying. A small sample size. But if you look at his goals and his ability to score and his ability to take defenders on and not flop, uh, it was like, uh, maybe you could argue that Brian Fernandez is a better uh, striker than Samuel Armenteros and be right from a stats perspective. Yeah. But we only had like what? Same amount how, of how time. Much time with... Same amount of time. Armenteros yeah, is with Samuel us for a whole Armenteros season. is more attractive than <laughs> Brian Fernandez. <laughs> well, I mean, is he? Do... I'm talking about the whole package, Randy. That time, just that time when he the... came out with yeah. the, the blonde beat, the, when he bleached his beard blonde, that was – Disturbing, sexy, um, straight sexy. Everyone talks about that time that Fernando Adi ran up into this, like you know, with the chainsaw right. after he was already. We were winning like seventeen to nothing, and right. no one cares. Um, and uh, when Armenteros scored that goal, uh, he ran up to the capo stand. He ran straight up there. He took his uh, his yellow card with a smile and up there hugging people and fired up like he lo- you could tell he loved the army. And so for me, that was uh, someone who I think had he stayed, I probably couldn't call him an unknown folk hero. But given his limited engagement with the city of Portland, I think it's a fair choice. All right. He always, you know, even though he didn't play that second third of the season with us. I don't know if it was that long every during that playoff run, you know, all the locker room shots and you always see him. He looked like he was enjoying the hell out of himself. He's like the dude who walks into the room and the party immediately goes to where he is. So what are you, what's he doing now? He's just like running around with his kid and like 
posting crazy pictures in like Ferraris on Instagram. Oh, you fall- is he? Who's he playing with though? No one. Really? Uh, is he not playing with somebody? I don't think so. I think he's living in L.A. Uh, no, it says he's playing for football club Cretone. Yeah, you know that's in um Scandinavian Lodge League <laughs> in Italy, L.A. I guess. Italy, you could get LA out of there if you wanted to. Italy. So yeah, he is uh, there. Uh, they talked about it on uh, another podcast recently. Uh, I believe it was um, Morrisonic, uh, where he ended up somewhere back over in Europe. Um, but uh, he's in series uh, series B, hmm. which is interesting. Which is yeah. like, is it... shit, man, come back, Samuel. I have the jersey. I'll still wear it. <laughs> And we have a lot of extra patches. Yeah. yeah. And mag and magnets and pins. I don't have any magnets or pins. Oh well you will soon. Yes. You'll have a lot of them. <laughs> so pumped. That patch is really good. Armin Taros, the standard for goals. That was a right? pretty good patch. Yeah. He didn't even know what Arm and Hammer was, so it was pretty funny. Like we had to explain to him what it was, and then we're like, look how cool the logo is. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Mine is a little strange. Mine is a T2 player that I actually really have always liked for the last few years. And I just want him to do good. And Harold Hansen. Come oh my God. How'd oh, you really? know? I love that guy. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> he has so much like drive and passion. And all I want is him to play on the first team. Here's Hansen shoots. And Portland's got the opener in the 25th minute. Harold Hansen, his first goal of the season. Did he play for us in Open Cup once? Yes. I was so happy. Isn't he only like, like 19 now? Or is he 20? I, I don't like nine. Yeah, I think he's 19. Maybe he's, I don't know his birthday, but yeah, maybe he's 20. Hold on, I'll look yeah, him up. He, I remember seeing him play for yeah, he's 20 when he was like 16 or 17, and he looked like a full-grown man. I mean, he looked right? manlier so than anybody else on our team. I mean, he looked like... Is beefy. Most of our guys don't look super beefy. Um, you know, Armentaro yeah, is beefy, the, but this this guy. Yeah, his like legs are massive. Yeah. Like he's such a good defender. I don't know why he hasn't been called up since, with all our defense. He's a little bit questions. of a bruiser. Um, he he goes in for a lot of hard hard challenges. Yeah, I'll I take love those. that. That's a defender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that guy. It's so funny that you guessed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is it like the slap shot of like a, a soccer player? Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that guy. You know, he doesn't I've, I've been looked for him, a social media presence from him, but I just I just really like watching him play and uh, yeah, I, I hope he gets to see some time with us. Uh, Randy, this is not your pick. This is no, Josh's pick. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh. I know. No, that's that's about it. Like it's just I just love that you were able to figure it out yeah. <laughs> without even me saying any like clues yeah. <laughs> what about you so uh i have a, a two two teamer um i like the great wall of gambia um footy and car for me that's those are my um cult hero guys this, just the fact that those guys used to hang out together and they would hang out with rickets too and then they would post like dumb videos of them pushing one of the guys around in a shopping cart at um <laughs> at the grocery store every once in a while um yeah those those are my guys uh, well you gotta think these guys are all kids you know yeah. <laughs> like 
Like, even, like, the veterans are younger than us now. That's so weird. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Diego Valeri's getting old. I'm like, he's 34. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I still look at him like he's older than yeah. me. Even, so, even I do. That, even I look at him like he's my dad. <laughs> yeah. Tell that punk bitch millennial that he needs to stop asking for more I know. money. Right. That's the way we got to look at it. Like, look at them. They're all millennials. <laughs> Wise, it's so hilarious, the wise old man. <laughs> like I'm Diego. At, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's, oh it's, it's now a good time to put in to to Greg's given us so many tunes, we're gonna have to do like one an episode or not. So it's just a good time good time to introduce the how old is Randy song. Yeah, this is probably the right time for the Randy So old song. I have to say, Greg has done a phenomenal job. Um, we were talking about him writing some jingles, and uh, we had a MacBook Pro that Brianna bought in like 2009 that's still functional, uh, and we just never used it. Um, he needed a, the machine he had uh, was like the USB ports were all jacked up or whatnot. And so I was like, dude, I'll just give you this uh, MacBook and uh, see if it works. And then we dropped it off uh, that morning, uh, drove to Cannon Beach. And then by uh, that evening, he was he, like, I already had like songs in uh, in my inbox. He's uh, very good at multiple styles of music. Yeah. Even though uh, I'm the subject of this particular. <laughs> I, I, it's it's good. He's good. He's good. All of our yeah. all of our listeners are more talented than we are. Uh, no oh, question. Definitely. So. Uh, we should do a European soccer update. There's a lot of conflicting news stories coming around, which is funny because this is what Randy you complained about last time, where it's like it's not news yet because there's so many rumors. Where there was one article that I read three hours ago that says um, Germany is going to reinstate the Bundesliga on May 9th with no fans, and then you know two hours after that there was another article that said uh, the Bundesliga is not going to happen. So. I mean, 5-9 is pretty soon for closed-door games to be happening. But uh, looking at some of the stuff from today, uh, Randy, I think you put some of these notes in there. But, like, France's League One is effectively canceled. Yes. Um, and it's weird that it didn't seem to be a an announcement from the league itself. It seemed to be people saying that it was going to be canceled because the government has said that uh, sporting events are going to be canceled until a certain until a deadline, at which point it'll be too, I guess, too late to, to continue the rest of the season for those guys. And um, the Dutch league or Netherlands, I always get, I can't, I can't ever 
tell what to say. Dutch, Holland, Netherlands, Dutch. That's freaky all the same. Yeah, freaky dicky Dutch. Would you like a schmuck and a pancake? But uh, yeah, they're not going to do any promotion or rele- relegation, and they're not going to have a winner for this season. They're just they're just calling it cuts this, this uh, season. That's what the a... Premier League needs to do. I really hope they strip this from Liverpool. Oh god, so bad. Just because oh, I want to be an asshole to be in pain. How many games <laughs> yeah. are left for that season? For their season, don't care. <laughs> There's five. Yeah. Five, six, something like that. Uh, oh, there's yeah. quite a few. I mean, this shit stopped in mid March, so there's probably like what, what seven or eight. I don't even know what's the table at. Eighty-two point. Oh, twenty-nine games. Oh, yeah. There's like still like another ten games. So the yeah. interesting thing about that is, even if they cancel that season and they call it quits, like that's it. There's, you know, they they can't go by the point totals because not everyone's played the same amount of games, so they'd have to go by um, points per game. And then even still, there's only like there's only four changes in the table that way. Even if Liverpool is crowned a champion, there will always be an asterisk, and that makes me really happy. <laughs> I got a patch from Al Rounds. Liverpool's the Reds, right? Don't care. Don't care. Yeah, he sent me a, a patch for, that for the Rose City Reds. Um, yeah, L- uh, yeah, LFC. Set it on fire. Set it on fire. I mean... Yeah. Um, no, but speaking of uh, uh, international soccer rumors, I also read an article today that was saying they were trying to figure out Champions League qualification. Like, obviously, if League One is canceled, um, they could just say, hey, we're going to go with the, the points total that we have now and, and follow the same rules. But uh, one of the articles I read said there was a chance of like a nomination process by each individual league where they would pick a team based on standings and merit. Yeah, sporting Meaning, merit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> AKA payoffs. <laughs> AKA Daniel Levy from Tottenham Hotspur. I hope you're listening to this. Open the checkbook, bitch. <laughs> uh, and let's be in Champions League instead of being like one place above Burnley. <laughs> no, you're like two spots above Burnley. And you're like one, I think one point difference. What yeah. are you? It, you have 41 points. They got 39. Yeah, that's nice. From a soccer perspective, I could not be any happier uh, about COVID-19. <laughs> uh, with the way you guys were headed towards relegation. Oh, my God, dude. No, <laughs> I mean, not relegation, Josh. Hot take, hot take. But what I will say uh, is I talked about this on, on one of our Facebook groups or whatever. We're uh, uh, watching Sunderland Till I Die season one and season two and how cool it is to see that from a – um, an insider's perspective. And again, like, uh, I am terrified and excited to see Spurs for the Amazon version uh, next season. Have you, did you guys watch yeah. that Swansea um, documentary that they screen, no. they screen for the Timbers army of like, I don't know, five years ago. They had like a, no. feel, I haven't seen the Sunderland one, but I feel, I have a feeling it's the same kind of deal. And it's a, it's a cliche really. Cause it's about, whatever, how they almost ceased, had to cease being a club because they were going broke and they couldn't get it together. Um, is that what's going on with the Sunderland one too? No, dude, Sunderland's, I think, 16 episodes in two seasons and it follows them like from games, back office operations, uh, uh, yeah. like the transfer deadline, the crazy shit that's happening. Like, like who knew that like when they started this that they would be in the Premier League, then they'd go to the championship and then now they're in League One. Like it's insane. 
Yeah, it's totally insane. And it's like, it's all the stuff that we talk about, like rumor wise, where we're like, oh, I wonder what they're saying over there. Here's what I heard. Or here's this thing that leaked. And this is all straight from the horse's mouth, like the yeah. new ownership group at, you know, 1145 p.m. on transfer deadline night trying to sign Will Grigg. Josh, that will make sense in season two. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's so crazy. Uh, it's totally worth it. I recommend it. Anyone who loves um soccer you'll you'll get a soft spot in your heart for for sunderland um as them being like a working class uh big city but uh totally cool are you any of you guys watch the english game no 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 it's a historical drama about um the advent of the first at, at the time illegally paid players um in the english in the f in the football association league and and the sort of battle between the upper class sporting gentlemen's club and school teams and the working class teams and how eventually you got to the point where you you have professional players in in soccer where whereas that was not allowed at at the time oh from like the non-league teams well they were all league teams but they you just you weren't allowed it was supposed to be amateurs only until somebody decided a mill well in the case of this story i guess it's been changed I don't know why they do this, but um, originally I think it was bricklayers that did this that somebody pointed out. But in, in this story on Netflix in the series, it's uh, a mill owner who is, gets who wants to he hires some away some Scottish guys that are hot shit in their own league, and they come and they get paid to you know to play just to play soccer, and um, it's sort of a, a poorly kept secret that these guys are getting paid and then it you know, just creates a lot of strife between you know the gentlemen's club the key bankers as it were i say old chap who who want to keep everything <laughs> to between you know gentlemen basically and huzzah, huzzah. and the the uh, working class clubs um and again i don't know how this played out in the real world um it's also a north england versus south england southern england kind of thing too um interesting uh yeah so it's good it's um i i kind of thought it was going to be more of a documentary kind of you know more on the facts about what happened um or sort of like yeah i don't know what you call that but you know like docudrama and as it is it's kind of more soap opera a little bit um and and there wasn't in the beginning there was a little bit of in the first couple episodes, there's a little bit about how the game was actually played and how these guys from Scotland brought a different um, style of play to the game, as opposed to in the beginning, it looked like like the the upper crust teams kind of looked like like a football game, like the flying wedge, you know, like in the '50s on American football, you see guys like the flying V or whatever. That's that's kind of how they played. Is everybody just formed the big big gang of people and they all just barreled down the field um, whereas opposed to the Scottish guys were playing like the, the widths of the field and pass and doing a lot more passing. Is it on Netflix? Amazon? It's Netflix. There's two seasons. Um, it's good. It's definitely worth watching. Uh, I thought there was going to be more about the actual gameplay, but there isn't a whole lot of it. And a lot of the game sequences are really let down because it's kind of like with any kind of sports genre movie, like, you know, if it's rad or if it's the skateboarding ones, they always kind of, get the get the technique or they get the culture kind of wrong sometimes or, or they they don't do a good job of filming the actual sport um but it's definitely worth checking out man we're just plugging tv shows left and right anything else josh you want to plug 
Real Housewives of LA. <laughs> yeah, that's um, an ama- <laughs> the new season is amazing. <laughs> oh, I would man. like to plug my couch because I want to be sitting on it right now. Yeah, I mean, like we're we're getting close to done here. There was just a couple of things there, Randy. You pasted in there. And I'm assuming Josh didn't do it because he doesn't do any fucking homework. Um, what are you talking about? Josh, you're so worthless. You contribute nothing to this podcast. But why do we keep asking you to come? Oh, yeah. Didn't I just say I don't do homework? Yeah. He's honest. Yeah. No, I get it. Um, um, yeah. Five substitutes FIFA's proposing. Five substitutes per match. Um, because the, the reasoning behind that is is that when we do resume, there's going to be a compacted schedule. And allegedly, they are interested in protecting the player's health. And so having five substitutes is... What they think. allegedly, yeah. yeah. Wait a second. There's no money in protecting your health. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah. So five substitutes, but in order to keep them from being used for wasting time, uh, apparently two of those subs have have to happen at halftime if you're going to use those slots. I think a, they they should keep that rule. And oh, the other interesting thing is it it would apply to the twenty. 2020 2021 season as well in international games played up until December 31st of uh, 2021. So it wouldn't be just now to try and finish the season. It will be for next season too. I like it. I think it's a good idea. And this is it. Wait, FIFA came yeah, up with FIFA this? FIFA came up with it. IFAB. No, it's, it's interesting that you say that because um, FIFA did. And I was reading in the articles and it said it still has to be approved by IFAB. And I was like, well, what the hell's. IFAB, if if I always assume that FIFA made all the rules, but um, apparently that's not the case. IFAB makes well, the rules. Well, you need someone to govern FIFA because they're so corrupt. International Football Association Board. And so did you guys know about that at all before? Did you know that? I knew about them. Yeah. Yes. I actually looked up a little bit more about what they do. I didn't realize the extent of what they do. Yeah, so interesting about IFAB is they actually came about because of this whole thing that the English game is about, that series is about. At first, they they just met Ireland and Scotland and England so that they could agree on some rules because everyone was playing by their own rules. And then when uh, the Football Association allowed professional players – I believe it was Ireland wasn't going to play or whatever. And so they had to, they had to come up with a, a, um, a way to get everyone to play. And so that's, that was basically the birth of. When was that? Uh, 1866, I think. What was that like, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a founding board member. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah. So the other interesting thing is I think FIFA has like a 50% um vote failure rate no they control us 50 percent of the votes on that board the ifab so they actually have a seat in ifab ah so it is like they're they, they are the illuminati yeah still. oh so I mean, is it illuminati IFAB has some, isn't illuminati like in the shadows i'm sure they're everywhere these guys are more like the mafia oh that's true yeah that's i mean true. i hope they're not listening randy really real <laughs> yeah, fucking smart Randy. <laughs> 
Next time you look in the mirror, you're gonna be looking at a guy who stood down the mafia. No. What do you mean? Yeah, well, Josh, God, it was nice to know you. Hey, I'm not waking up with any horse head in my bed. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's gonna be some dead bunnies in your in your kitchen. Um, <laughs> Uh, the last thing I think that we had to talk about specifically before we... Uh, it's specifically, Specifically? Pacifically? Specifically? Pacifically? Specifically? Pacifically? <laughs> what can we do this for? I can um, keep going. <laughs> no, I was like, I, did I Quarantine. say it Yeah, English is not my first language. Um, <laughs> New Jersey is my first language. Um <laughs> Uh, but UEFA told its 55 member associates uh, that they should try to finish their top domestic competitions. But this to me is another example of they should just make a fucking call and just be done with it. As opposed to like all these different leagues doing different things. And I understand that, you know, different countries have, you know, different reasons. But um, in terms of being consistent across all these teams that will play against each other in European competitions in future years, like just just stop it. Like we're good. Let's let's. We, it sucks. It's a pandemic. Let's move on. I well, yeah. I would love for everything to just be canceled, so then we don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, like once the off season comes, it's the off season, and like it's just limbo where it's like I don't know what sports are going to happen. I don't want to watch replays. It's like driving me nuts. You know what? We should have somebody on with some sort of a medical background that could talk about this a little bit. Wow, that would be a really good idea. I wonder who we could call. So our guest for today is Mark Prinzmetal, whom we all know through being a Timber supporter. And also he is in our Sabudio club. And Mark is a... Longtime Timbers fan and EMT. Mark, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Let me see. I've been a paramedic since 1991. I was EMT in 1990, I guess. Uh, started that in L.A., then moved up here in 94, and uh, started working at Timbers games somewhere shortly thereafter for another ambulance company, and then uh, and uh, started started working at Timbers games and then became a fan and passed on getting uh, season tickets, which was my great mistake because I signed up and then said, oh, they'll be available. And then it took me eight years to get them later. Hey, well, at least you sit in the front of um, 105. I usually sit in the front of 106, actually. Yeah, I like to be. Well, no. Didn't you sit with me once? I like to sit in the army, wherever it is. In KeyBank? Oh, I sat I with not. you it up in Tanner Ridge for the Thorns game, Gary. That is correct. We did watch the Thorns up there, which I love to do because that's like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the air, the, the airplane yeah, concourse. Yeah. I like that our guests are also pitching like them. Randy likes to pitch more Sonic. <laughs> like everyone promoting them. Speaking of a good podcast, have like. you heard uh, Soccer Touchdown? That's also pretty good. I do listen to Soccer Touchdown. So uh, every you know when I think of paramedics, my only frame of reference is the movie Bringing Out the Dead. So I expect that your life is exactly like that. Is it or is it not? <laughs> I would say that it has flashes of that. There's a lot of that actually, and a lot of not. But we make Bringing Out the Dead references all the time because it rings true to a lot of them. 
way too seriously, Frank. You look like you aged about 10 years since the road with the last. Come on, Frank. There's blood spilling in the streets. Let's go have some fun. It was the neighborhood I grew up in and where I had worked most as a paramedic. Yeah, it's Scorsese directed that. So, yeah. It's got the clash in the soundtrack. You just too. looked it up, didn't you? So, yeah, so give us some of those flashbacks. Most people get into paramedicine or become an EMT because they like to help people and they don't like to work in an office and they like to, every day's different. And uh, that's how you get started. And then it turns out to be really crappy job for about 80% of the people and the other 20% stick with it. But that was not the reason you got into it. No, I, I like to help people, and I th- think that's a big part of what what we do. Uh, you know, I think y- you just don't do this if you don't like that. I got into it because I was looking for a job, and I was working. I was in Los Angeles at the time, and I saw an ad that said, "If you had a four year degree, we'll pay for you to go to paramedic school and pay you while you go, as long as you work two years in the ghetto." <laughs> <laughs> didn't read that fine print at the time but i went ahead and did it um so you know what they say about la right including josh la is a cultural wasteland is it or is it not oh god <laughs> la has heaps of culture if you like to eat and garbage and heaps you, you, you can travel the world. You can travel the world in L.A. You yep. can go, it, it, it's, you know, it's what, seven times larger than the state of Oregon, L.A. County. So just get your mind around that. So what, what's it like working a, a Timbers match as the... You know, I haven't worked a Timbers match since I became such a crazy fan that I like to actually watch the games. But before... MLS days, I worked quite a few Timbers matches, and I have very fond memories of Timber Jim and watching the Timbers Army do crazy things and going, how can I be a part of that? And then somehow I realized you don't have to ask that question. You just have to start going, and you're a part of it. When you say work at Timbers game, what does that mean? Like you're standing outside the stadium waiting for shit to go down, or you're inside the stadium... Uh, no, we're inside the stadium. There's a there's a crew down under the Mac Club in an ambulance. They're for the players. Then there's another crew up in the Med Tech room, which is near. Let's think of a landmark, uh, the Double Post. They're for people in the stands and for the employees. Funny, we do a lot of calls on the employees. I don't know why that is. Maybe they have good workers' comp coverage or something. Now, being a paramedic at a Timbers game is pretty cool because, especially if you're the guys down on the pitch, you, you get you get a real close-up and watch, and they don't ever call you out on the pitch, or very, very rarely. So it's a pretty good gig, I think. So you just have, like, an earpiece in, wait to get a call on the radio that there's something going on? Yeah, there are earpieces in. There's a separate radio channel, the Timber Security, and... Jim, I'm sure you guys all know him. He's fantastic and does a great job of orchestrating all the behind-the-scenes stuff and security and medical calls that happen during a game. And, you know, you don't know they happen. They just do. Are you involved in any of the the Timbers Army um, 
CPR training? You know, that is Dale Montgomery. And uh, we should have had Dale. On. I am not Dale. <laughs> and I have been peripherally involved and been on the heart walk and done some things to raise money, but I have not been training on it. Initially, you know, I'm one of the supervisors for AMR, and uh, that was pretty darn busy, and I just didn't carve out the time to do it. I wish I had, retrospective. Dale runs that gig after, you, you know the story, right? He was at a uh, old-growth soccer game, and somebody had a cardiac arrest, and he uh, had a magnificent save out there, saved the guy with an AD, and did CPR and realized that there weren't enough people that knew CPR in the soccer community. And he took it on himself to fix that and has done a fabulous job and gotten recognized for it as well. Uh, uh, That's a great story. Actually. I did not know that was the case. I even know that. And he's not even my friend on Facebook anymore. Yeah. We have a serious question, Mark. Why, why did, uh, why did Dale delete Josh on Facebook? Um, Dale did a Facebook purge, and I didn't know Josh was part of it. <laughs> you got purged too. I, I can definitely see how Josh could be annoying. So, but uh, <laughs> on a bad day, I could be purging myself. He just, you know, no matter what you say, he has the opposite opinion. If you don't expect that, it can be quite shocking. He did a Facebook purge, and Josh just, you didn't make the cut, man. I never make the cut. Oh, man. So, uh, Mark, I have an actual real question, um, which is, uh, obviously, the pandemic has been, um, you know, crazy and everything going on. But, like, what is life like for you right now on the front lines as an EMT? That's a pretty intense question. Um, It's, you know. I started my career and I worked the Rodney King riots and I thought, wow, there'll never be anything crazier than that in my career. And this is crazier than that in a very different way, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just every call where, you know, we have to presume every single patient we go out on could have COVID-19. and we treat them as such, which means we're in these bunny suits and with masks and, you know, respirators and eye protection. And every call takes about double the time it used to, you know, we look like Darth Vader, which is horrible when we're talking to children and very old people. And um, it's, you know, we try and limit our contact with people. So one person goes in at first and talks and it's just intense and you never know. And as a supervisor, we do a lot of the um, swabbing. So we have a contract with the county. So I spend a lot of go to people's houses and do nasal, nasal swabs. And I've been doing quite a, a few of those and you get, you know, four inches, five inches from someone who has COVID and that pauses. I mean, on a daily basis, I wear one set of clothes to work and then I wear my uniform and then I wear that, put on my other set of clothes. I change in the garage. So 
that set of clothes never comes in the house. And then I run upstairs and shower without talking to any of my family because I want to make sure I'm showered and clean. And it's just intense. And you also, as a supervisor, I'm trying to make sure all my guys who are fantastic and really out there doing the work are staying upbeat and having positive and that t- that's a long process and all was on. If you're testing people, um, you know, do it, you know, uh, on a call, are you yourself getting tested regularly as well? Or is it just for, for patients in emergency scenarios? So the County sends us out to uh, missions, we call it where they where we're going to like, let's say caregivers of a particular care home where there's an outbreak and they want to know if the caregivers have it and we're doing swabs of them. We, unless we develop symptoms, don't get tested. But uh, I mean, I'm basically wearing a space suit when I'm doing these tests and, you know, every call takes a huge amount of time because we have to disinfect everything and clean everything. We have the cleanest ambulance fleet you've ever seen right now. Have, have you tried um, puffy stickers on the outside of those suits to make it more appealing to old people and young kids? <laughs> puffy stickers. <laughs> the, the suits are disposable, and that would mean we'd have to go through a lot of stickers, and I don't think you have enough. Okay. Well, maybe you do. We have enough stickers to cover your van, even if you need it. <laughs> Not puffy. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't done puffy stickers yet. They're very yeah. expensive. But anyway, so, you know, I just say that, you know, it's just stressful. You feel stressful you feel like, you know, you don't want to catch it and you don't want to be a carrier and bring it home to your family. I have coworkers that haven't seen their kids since this started because, you know, they're living in a trailer in the front of their house because they don't want to go inside and risk getting people infected because they're afraid they might you know do that or that's insane yeah so it's like the rodney king riots are you know action-packed like running around crazy this is more like a silent killer versus like you know insanity in the moment yeah i mean ones yeah they're, they're not really comparable other than that this is just ongoing and just feels like it's never going to end Luckily, you know, call volume, which is the number of calls we run on the day, is way down. So we're not very busy, but every call takes a lot longer. Um, my my son just had a had to get swabbed, and because um, he, he he thought he might have had COVID toes. I don't know if you've looked that up. Um, I have, but uh, but it came back. We just got that back today. It came back negative, so that was that was a relief. But that was that was kind of a, a strange thing. We had to go drive out to a parking lot, and you get you you drive up, and then there's a there's like a little gate, not a gate, but there's a little little tent, and everyone's dressed in the suits, and then they are they're holding up signs telling you what to do, and then you know you have to present your ID, and then he had to present his ID, and then we go, you know, it was like a you had to make four stops before along the way and like a half a block apart at these different little tents with different people holding up different signs. And then at the very end, the guy comes out with a swab and, and, you know, you roll down the windows and he, and he does it. It was, it was pretty surreal. What the hell are COVID toes? 
it's this thing where you get like these weird swollen toes that kind of look like, you know, an allergic reaction or spider bite or something like that. Um, a little bit different with different, different kids. Sometimes you get little lesions on there too, and they're just kind of swollen, dark, um, swollen toes. And it, it seems to be happening to, um, adolescent kids it's like the only sis- symptom that kids seem to be showing a lot of them is they get these toes and then holy shnikes they test positive right they're uh, but otherwise asymptomatic they're not you know like they don't they don't right have, but uh, you know they're they're in, car- infecting people. right carriers right <laughs> and we were right we were freaking out about it because We've been isolated. At Cannon Beach? <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> we're not counting spring break. Spring break. <laughs> but we've been isolated and we're like, well, you know, the only way, thing I could think of was that somebody, we had brought it back from the grocery store somehow, but it just didn't make sense. Um, and anyways, he came back negative. So that was, that was a relief. Yeah. This, did you see the CDC just said, your dogs and pets need to social distance. Don't let your dogs play with other dogs. That was, oh, that came out today. I did not see that. <laughs> Is that that's official? That's official. The CDC pushed that out. They said, you know, don't let other people pet your dog and then come back and touch your dog, or you know. So you have to social distance your pets. Are you running into any skeptics when you're out on calls? Oh heck yeah! I mean. There are people all the time that completely don't believe and want to reopen the economy and think it's ridiculous. And, you know, there's skeptics everywhere. And, you know, I have yet to find a great analogy about it to try and explain to people why it it's so important, especially it's it's just hard. People just don't get it. Some people, a lot of people really do. Well, I know I don't have it, and so I obviously assume that it doesn't exist. <laughs> and I'm ready to start up the economy again, too. So, so there. Oh, Jesus Christ, Josh. <laughs> um, uh, I, in the beginning, I was definitely one of the, um, oh, it's just like the flu, everyone stopped freaking out, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, if you're old, don't go do whatever. And that was before any of the actual uh, science is coming out. And so I was definitely one of the, um, the original, uh, COVID idiots as uh, it's been labeled. And obviously once, you know, you start to see how serious it is, you reflect on like, wow, I was really dumb. I hope people, um, took me for the idiot that I was in the beginning, as opposed to, uh, the, the confidence that I had. But, um, like, so you as a medical professional and you're seeing like the Trump um, press conferences daily, uh, do you, uh, like, how difficult are those for you to watch? I kind of had to stop watching because I'm a science guy and, and fat guy and some of that is just so ridiculous that I, I was afraid people were going to be it, using inhalers of Clorox and all kinds of shit like that. <laughs> yeah. What is that drug? The hydrochlorazine? How do you say the, it? The yeah, that that was and then, ridiculous. And then you people know, actually did take it and die. That yeah, happened. lots of people started taking this malaria drug and thinking it would help protect them, and they got really sick. Some of them died. 
So here's the best analogy I can say about social distancing. It's sort of like, you know, I heard the story that it's like buying a bag of 100 pieces of candy with the knowledge that one of them was poison and could kill you, except you would need to add that, that the candy is shared with at least two of your friends or coworkers, at least one of whom would not know the piece of candy could be poison. So would you still buy a bag of candy, Josh? Yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> Josh cares about workers' rights. If, jo- jo- I would only buy the candy if it's um, candy corn, first off. Josh just candy wants to hate the governor, is all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. The best thing I read about it, and, and part of the reason I think people don't get it is because there hasn't been a clear message from our government, even now to this point. You know, you hear, oh, it's it's not just like the flu. Well, they haven't done a good job of explaining that. And the best thing I read um, was that you're a statistic that said you're 10 times more likely to have to go to the hospital from this than if you'd caught the flu. And um, which makes a huge difference. You know, sure, a ton of people get the flu every year and, and a lot of people die from it, but most of those people don't end up going to the hospital. And if everybody is, is 10 times more likely to go to the hospital with this thing and we're not just distancing ourselves, all of a sudden those hospitals are overflowing and they can't handle, you know, can't handle the volume. No, I mean, more it would people just are dying. come back like crazy. Yeah. What has been the the worst thank you you have received for being an EMT during COVID? And when I say worst, it can be the best too. Like my neighborhood in Northeast, everyone starts banging pots and pans at seven. I have yet and... to hear that. I have to come to your neighborhood. I would love to hear. Yeah, that. me too. I haven't heard that at all. Uh, uh, that's awesome. But uh, many of my coworkers have said it happens, and there have been incredible thank yous and kindness there was one time when we were testing in a neighborhood a bunch of neighbors came out and applauded when we walked out and started deconning that felt really good actually um you know there we get there's been all kinds of people donating food our station is all we're all getting fat i think because there's so much stuff that's (laughs) being dropped (laughs) off and cookies and food and stuff and Places are offering free food. Well, it's good that you're allowed to eat it. Yeah, we eat it. Because <laughs> aren't the police not allowed to eat any, like, get donations of food? Uh, I don't think that's actually true, but I don't know. Anyway, we we are not the police, and we allow it. <laughs> and <they're, laughs> You know, Dutch Brothers just dropped off a few hundred dollars worth of $10 gift cards, I think which I'm going to hand out when oh, I go nice. back to work and stuff like that. To me? It's pretty- Would you yeah, so if you could swing by the house real quick and just put one in the mailbox, that'd be... <laughs> I think I'll give it to the people who Jonathan's are... Jonathan's one of the real heroes. <laughs> but so, that's good. Definitely a hero. And there are a lot of angry people. I mean, domestic... I mean, there's people are cooped up in their houses, so there's definitely a rise of domestic violence, which we become a part of sometimes, and things like that that we've definitely seen. This is supposed to be about the Timbers. We're talking intense paramedic shit. Yeah, I know. We can change the name of the podcast. Would would you say that the best thank you you've gotten um, during this crisis has been being asked to be on this podcast? (laughs) 
Absolutely, without question. I mean, I am so honored and pleased to be here. It makes me feel like my whole job is worthwhile. Thank you, Mr. Kilway. It is all worth it. You're welcome. Yeah. This is actually just part of my plan on repaying the debt that I um, owe, kind of owed you for offering me a place to stay during the uh, MLS Cup match. Not that that was a great hotel by any means, but that was fun. My feet are still, was it the you know, in? recovering from the walk of rain and cold. Yeah, it, well, it, it was great though. I mean, I flew in and I did the red eye and got there at like seven in the morning or something like that, and then I connected with you and you're like, "Hey, you need a place to stay. You can stay at our motel room." And I was like, "That was awesome," because I didn't quite have it figured out when I arrived. That's the best part about all, all that's going on these things is you, no one ever has it figured out. Luckily, I was staying with Dale, if I'm not Dale, and he had it figured out. <laughs> well, I guess Josh would not have been invited nope, to the, the couch not. crashing at, at <laughs> Dale's right? place. No, I would be invited, and then I'd get kicked out before yeah. I even knew and traded for Randy. <laughs> yeah. I would trade you for a six-pack of warm Bud Light. <laughs> so... Your your what would you say you've missed the most during all this besides playing Subudio? Subudio is a big part of it. I definitely miss that. I miss Timbers games so much. That's got to be, you know, it's not just the games. It's all all you mofo's and all the peep great people at the games that I miss going has been huge. And mostly I just miss social interactions with people. I'm probably out in the world way more than most people, so I really can't complain. But it still feels like a sort of shell of what my life normally is, and I would like that normalcy back. Totally. Yeah, I am uh, an extrovert, uh, and I travel all the time for work, and uh, the ability to not really do that has been very difficult for me, uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Brianna will murder me in my sleep at some point, so let this serve as a, uh, as a notice to any life insurance <laughs> companies, um, uh, if that happens, but... Uh, what about like Josh, like you and, and getting out, like, as you know, Mark's talking about, it's, it's difficult not to be out and about socializing. I went to, um, Matt Crittenden's yesterday to drop off some patches and I ended up like hanging outside with him for like an hour and a half, just like, just shooting the shit because we had, um, like, I haven't been around people. You know, it was like it was like so much fun to actually see a person. You know, that's a story I keep hearing. And people keep saying the same thing. And, I, and I'm a complete introvert. Like I could stay inside forever. But like, yeah, it's it's sort of when you're forced to stay inside when it starts to get to you. When the goddamn government trying to keep you down, you just want to live your freedom. I get it. I hear you. Goddamn it, Kate Brown. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, my. Mark, I have one more paramedic uh, question for you, and then we can talk about the Timbers. I'm sorry, but I have to know for the for for the podcast here, uh, what has been your favorite poop related medical emergency you were a part of? Poop related medical emergency. Uh, yes, sir. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for this question because it means we get to unveil something. Unveil. 
Is it obvious on TMI? Sound too cold, I'll be a guy. Hershey squirts are a mudslide. Baby Ruth, a chocolate pie. He's the one who's got the dung. Fecal fanatic with a silver tongue. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, sound for poop talk with Jonathan. So it's story time. That's what we call it when we tell. There has been poop is a pretty constant theme in in paramedicine. It's probably Go on. because it just happens. And there have been two memorable poop moments. One happened in West Hollywood when I was at EMT, and we went to some guy's house who had been pooping himself in there, and he was uh, he had MS, and he was his brother had been just throwing new. Kane's white underwear in through a window for him and he was sort of dragging himself around and we had to lay paper sheets down to get to him so we had a clean surface to walk on and he, we had we what we called the burrito wrap where we basically made him a burrito <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and brought him to the VA and they were really thrilled to get him. That's hilarious. There's a poop story. Why am I telling poop stories on a podcast? Uh, I well, and you said you did say that you had another. There poop is another story. one. It's not uh, really like a hear. poop. It's more of a fart story. But I will say, you know, we always get people always faint in the shower, and they're always naked. And there was this old older gentleman who fainted in the shower and of course he was naked and we were getting ready to take him in the hospital to the hospital and he, he didn't want to go to the hospital naked so i found a pair of sweatpants and a couple firemen were holding you know him on one side and i was being the gentleman and putting his legs in and i was standing behind him and uh he just let out this gigantic fart right in my face and uh, I about lost it. <laughs> I, I had to drop the pants, walk outside, and kind of roll around <laughs> laughing for like two or three minutes. And every time I tried to walk back into his house, I would make eye contact with one of the either first responders I and mean, we'd start laughing. And I kept having to leave. It took like 10 minutes for me to actually calm down and be serious <laughs> and go back in and take this poor guy to the hospital. There. <laughs> Did you get a taste of the fart? You know, I can't remember. I just remember just laughing more than anything. And trying to, you know, you're trying to be professional and all you can do is laugh. Oh, my God. That's there funny. you go. Yeah, dude. Farts are always going to be funny. Always going to be funny. D- yeah. Double pipe classics, all that stuff. There you go. So, Mark, I mean, aside from all the, the, the poop talk with Jonathan, what is your favorite Timbers moment? Uh, definitely the double post, probably. Um, oh, you were probably right I in front was right standing there. Literally, I was standing in 105 in the front row, and uh, it was the most emotional roller coaster I can ever remember. And I just, you know, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. That whole shootout. That was it for sure. And uh, yeah. MLS Cup in Ohio, I would like to say when D- Valeri scored, that was a high moment, but I was like playing with the TIFO and didn't see a thing. 
<laughs> so there you have it. But definitely the uh, double post for sure. And I also really liked it when Audie grabbed the chainsaw and wagged it in the air because I was right there, and that was pretty damn cool. Yeah, sitting where you sit, you get to see everything like right in the front. It's great. And to counter that, so what is your least favorite Timbers <gasps> memory? I hate the walkouts. Not that I, I support them and I do them, but I like to watch soccer and I hate when politics become more important than the game. Not that it's, I, I'm totally down with that, but I like. I, I I like to watch soccer and I like to feel good and that's what happens at most of these games and I definitely don't like um, when we're walking in terms of games I I fucking hate losing <laughs> and that happens yeah. <laughs> so I, I I get that feeling a lot. <laughs> So when you hate losing, like on a scale of one to ten, would you rather taste that dude's fart again, uh, or would you rather lose a Timbers game? I'm not sure I can <laughs> see them. I think <clears throat> I think I'd let rather do some losing. <laughs> okay, we just determined. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's you know, fair. I think I taste a fart. I thought you were. A, I thought you were a true supporter, man. You know, it's just a different kind of shit. yeah there we go i am so in for whatever is happening later you guys have got something i know it's cooked up (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty fun so mark do you have any uh any questions for us given that you are our our guest and usually this is the point where travis would have interrupted us to um uh, try to ask us questions and we decline. But, uh, <laughs> what, what questions do you have for us? Um, have you ever pooped at the stadium? Um, bro, we covered this on a podcast, I believe, but absolutely. Um, <laughs> oh, that's was, right. You did. That's where, I thought that's yeah. where this was going, but that's right. You did cover it. No, no one ever. No, don't poop at the stadium. Why not? Is it a germ thing for you or is it a lack of toilet paper? Like what, what would prevent you from dropping a two? Uh, Yes to yes to all of that. I, I would I, I I like to drop a drop a deuce at home. I think I prefer that. I had a partner once, if we're talking paramedic, who would only shit at home, and we worked twelve hour shifts, and by the end of the day, he'd be beaten up. <laughs> and if we got a late call, I would just laugh my ass off at him. So I'm about like that. Public restrooms aren't my thing. I'm I'm willing, but no. In seriousness, questions. Um, how do you guys like doing this podcast when there's not actual Timbers games to talk about? I hate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've thought like, why are we still doing it when there's nothing to talk about? But um, I, th- I feel like we managed to come up with something every time, and so it's still pretty good. And Pete's not doing it. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's difficult when there's not new uh soccer to be talking about and we were trying to do it every week but that was just too much uh for the lack of uh game uh to talk about so uh but like i think stuff like this is interesting because again we always talk about 
uh, COVID on every episode, not because we want to, but because it's relevant and it's always uninformed opinions. And so it's nice to be able to talk to someone like yourself who is experiencing this on the front lines uh, every day. And so if we can, you know, have someone like you join a podcast, uh, talk a little bit about soccer and make some, you know, poop and fart jokes, then I think it's worthy enough to create uh, even if only I listen to it a hundred times. <laughs> I'd say that's a very, very worthy cause to be doing it that way. I'll tell you, I'd like... We can talk about yeah. the Dodgers. Nope, they're not playing either, Joshy. Mm, I'm bored. Boredom. Boring sports. <laughs> <laughs> or the Lakers, for that matter. I did, I did hear that the Lakers got some of the stimulus money and are giving it back. <laughs> yeah. Still, done with the Lakers. I can't I can't support them yeah. in any way now because they even – I'm right there with you. Um, if, if we're talking basketball, you guys should be watching the um, the last dance on ESPN, the, the Bulls last season story. Yeah. Ten-part series, and you wouldn't think there would be enough to fill up ten parts, but it's – Totally worth it. Okay, I'm in. Hey, I lived it. So I, I'd be interested yeah. in hearing if you're looking for podcast ideas. I know all the Timbers players are like wearing halters and being monitored and doing workouts at home of some kind. I'm really curious what that is like and would like to find out more information about what they're doing to stay in shape. I think that would be interesting in a sort of you should ask a real podcast that kind of yeah, question. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, never mind. Let's talk about patches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if one of them was making a patch, we'd know about it. <laughs> that was really funny. My son plays competitive soccer, oh. and they had some like real half-ass stuff going on during the beginning of this. It would be like, go do some you know, do some exercises for X amount of time. And then they had like, they were, did some zoom calls where the, the whole team was supposed to be on it. And then they were kind of running out of ideas. They had like high school kids that had been at their level before talking about, you know, what it was like to go and try and play in high school or college or like one kid that was on the Timbers Academy. These were older kids. Um, but then just finally today, they actually did like a full-on Zoom meeting team workout, which I thought was interesting. Also, um, my kid was out in the backyard with the laptop on the picnic table and you know, the, the guys, you know, all right, everybody now, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then it was, it was kind of fun to watch him do that. I was actually a little bit surprised they hadn't done that earlier. It took him like four months in, or four weeks into it or eight weeks now to, to finally realize they had to do something with these kids to motivate them. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think actually part of it was is the the season that season ends right about now and they would normally be having tryouts for the next for the for this year and so families were like, well, screw that. I'm not going to I'm not going to we're not going to sign our kid up for this right now when we don't even know what's going on and and you guys aren't doing anything. So I think they probably just wanted to um make people feel like they were actually doing something so they'd be more inclined to pay up to, to well and it's crazy expensive to sign up yeah it's expensive yeah i'm supposed to in the next i, I don't have to worry about that because jonathan um sponsors my kids no very nice yeah i'm like randy do you need another check <laughs> it's, 
I could use a sponsor. I'm supposed to sign my kid up for college, and that's pretty expensive. And I feel like, is there going to be college in the fall? Or is it going to be the most expensive online courses of all time? Yeah, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be very expensive. I think it's going to be 18 months or so before we see normal, though. Yeah, good listener question. So you're saying you think it's 18 months until we get back to normal. So if the season was going to restart in August, my question is 25,000 people crammed in there. Will it happen or not? And would you do it? Or what should the league do? Well, I would be very surprised if they have viewing in August. That just sounds like a terrifically bad idea because I think there's no sign that it's going to slack off in the heat or in the summer. It's certainly in Asia and places that are warm, not slacking off in the least. So I doubt so it's going to slack off here. And I think we're likely to see a resurgence in the fall. And until we get either widespread testing and we can really track it and know what's going on or we get herd immunity, it's going to go on until there's a vaccine. So your answer is August is probably a bad idea for for livestock. I I would put money that we're not seeing a game in August in the stadium. How much money? Hmm? (laughs) I got. Uh, I said, "How much money?" I got a few beers at the double post for you. Done. I'll take that bet. I think capitalism rules common sense. Um, and but then I, you got to walk over to that section. Oh, that's gross. Can you come to Key Bank? I'll print you a ticket. <laughs> Only yeah. if it's cocktail weed, um, no donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Speaking of like like a live soccer event in August being a bad idea, uh, my wife and I are planning to go to South Korea in in October. Do you think that's also a terrible idea? I think South Korea has done a really damn good job of uh, controlling it, and I think if you're picking a place to go, that's probably fairly safe. I, I think traveling is. I'm not sure what the world's going to look like. I like I said, until there's herd immunity, until um, there's widespread, you know, if they can test everybody frequently and all the time and track it, that will be one thing. But until that's happening, we just don't know. I mean, there's, you know, as you're going to have to edit this in, but as a paramedic, we're seeing all kinds of deaths that are probably COVID. They're not post-mortem testing them. Um, there's people dying of this that aren't being tallied in huge numbers because they're not being tested. That's what I saw. There was the first person they thought who died in the U.S. was in the end of February in Everett, Washington, but apparently it was early February in San Jose, California. Right, and, and like, this, it's a pretty, this is insidious, guys. I mean, you feel fine. People are, like, talking on their cell phone, uh, texting, and they don't feel bad, and then they fall over in respiratory arrest. I mean, it's a... COVID-19 is a motherfucker. So are you saying that I should enjoy as much illicit activity as I can because I don't know? I'm saying you should probably do that anyway. (laughs) 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 But in this particular case, yeah, absolutely. But do it at home, not around other people. (laughs) And yep, have at it. 
You got anything you want to say in closing? I just wanted to say this has been really fun, and thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'd, I'd like to plug uh, my Sabudio League that's going to be taking over, and uh, after that, that's about it. <laughs> Uh, our Southwest yeah, League. The, you mean? Oh, I do have one more plug. I am a proud member of the Sunset Division, and uh, I watch a lot of games with those guys. And I wanted to plug them because they're awesome. Okay, well then, on that question, which Sarah do you like more, Sarah Miller from Sunset Division or Sarah Nelson, who you sit next to? I'm going to say that the word Sarah is one of my favorite words. And I'm certainly <laughs> not going <laughs> to rise to that face. Sarahs are awesome. I know lots of Sarahs. But funny thing, they don't like the word Josh, and I have no idea why. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. It's, it's funny. You're going to find less Facebook friends really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Everyone's purging me. <laughs> oh, well, uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, really I appreciate it. it. It's been a pleasure, fellas. You guys are awesome. Love the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, man. Take care, Mark. Yep. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, everyone. Uh, as we talked about in the last couple of podcasts, please make sure you send in your investment photos. We've been getting some great submissions so far. Uh, but anything you're doing at home uh, during the pandemic and wearing your vestment to get back some of that, you know, culture uh, please send us some photos and uh, Josh, where can they actually reach us to send us those photos? Well, if you like to send us an email, you can do that at portlandvanity at gmail.com. Hey, if you would I, like to, yes, I believe we did get an email actually. We, we did. did Jake Bland. Greetings, Josh, Jonathan and Randy. I came to a startling realization recently, when pondering how old Randy really is. As far as I understand, Randy only began watching The Timbers in 2013, despite being a Chicago Steen Ultra in the NASL days. This, therefore, makes him younger than both Jonathan and Josh in Timbers years trademark sign, rendering the bullying of Randy for his age hollow and frankly hypocritical. I hope this goes some way to either resolving or exacerbating the interpresenter conflicts on the podcast. Best wishes. Jake Bland aka Patch Patrol UK Branch, aka West Bromwich Albion Patch Patrol's only member. Yes, I did respond to Jake Bland and he tried to have some bullshit narrative where Randy in fact was younger than me and Josh and I was like, I don't know what fucking sauce they feed you in England, but clearly it's stupid sauce. Randy's the (laughs) only... (laughs) <laughs> Wait, are we are we gonna fight him now? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I guess we're the elders, Josh. So we got to keep Randy in check. Um, uh, Jake, uh, thank you for uh, sending us a message and listening all the way from across the pond, uh, and really enjoyed your West Brom uh, patch vestment uh, and how you managed to add some Timbers culture to it. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it came out really good. So, yeah, I asked him about that. And the reason why he's got that away days patch is because that is like the the, the UK symbol for trains or whatever and the away colors for West Brom. So, oh, it, no it, shit. It fits. Yeah, it's not just like having a, a random Timbers patch stuck on his vestment. That's fantastic. So, Josh, back to people reaching us. 
Okay, well, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can email us at portlandvanity at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 503-583-4235. Facebook is at Portland Vanity. Twitter is at PDX Vanity Soccer. And you can listen and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and Butt Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you're going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't read whatever's on the screen. I'm not Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> and then who chose our end song here? I actually chose our end song for the first time ever. It's the Harry J. All-Stars, and the song is Liquidator. That's uh, as a good tune. Uh, Josh, I didn't know this was in your musical repertoire. You don't even understand how deep my musical repertoire goes. He's got Brittany. He's got NSYNC. Like, Randy, why do you got to be oh. so judgmental? Sorry. Oh, my God. Come on, Sasla. Oh, Randy. Music snob. End of podcast. Before we go, I'd like to thank Greg Donnelly, one of my really good sexual friends, uh, and my friend Joel uh, from New Hampshire for writing and recording some awesome jingles for us. Uh, Greg wrote and performed uh, Randy is Old and Josh is Useless. Uh, Both are very true and accurate songs. They should probably be played on Fox News uh, for Sean Hannity and or... Um, uh, Chris Wallace, who's actually uh, not terrible. Uh, and then my buddy Joel in New Hampshire, who I know from uh, the best and worst of hardcore. Uh, it's a super secret Facebook group, which is no longer super secret, of a bunch of dirtbags who uh, played in hardcore bands through growing up. Uh, and I pitched to him the Poop Talk with Jonathan song, and within 15 minutes he wrote a ragtime jingle that will live with me for the rest of my life. Uh, so... Uh, really appreciate both those guys using some of their creativity to, uh, um, you know, push along the podcast here. And if you would like a jingle written by Greg or by Joel, uh, let us know and we will do our best to send the request in and see what you get. Uh, in the interim, thanks again for listening to Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast and Randy's Old.
what? I was like, do I just, what do I do now? Just get off? Saving someone's life is like falling in love. You wonder if you become immortal, as if you saved your own life as well. Let, let's um, let's table that and finish the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, we're gonna start at fifty-one minutes, so we have okay. four seconds. Yeah, uh, Josh, you kick us <laughs> off this time. And we're back. <laughs> you're, you're recording the beginning. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. I'll hold on. Okay. <laughs> it'd, it'd be fun to start it that way. <laughs> Welcome to the Portland. Okay, that one was working. Uh, you're, you're not trying to get people to to close the browser yeah. window. And just to uh, touch base here, we did get some listener questions, uh, specifically from Matt. So uh, let's uh, let's hear that question. Question. Who is your folk hero player? No big names. I pick Nat Borchers. I'm a bitch because that shouldn't count. <laughs> so uh, I uh, I think he's going to do it. And um, I, I I hope we get it. It's going to be oh, really uh, funny. You have him singing <laughs> Portland Boys? Yeah. <laughs> Portland Boys. What? Uh, yeah. Wow. So you pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? And, and, I think it'd be funny. and have you heard back from him? No. So I've done um, cameo uh, a few times for some coworkers. I actually got um, Anthony Scaramucci, uh, the former like White House press secretary, to do a, the promotion one. Yeah, his uh, his cameo is great. I did Flavor Flav. I got Ari Spears. Um, yeah. So this episode of Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Cameo.com. If you want to spend money on C-list celebrities players. Uh, and some that may be A-list, depending on your uh, your opinion, uh, you can do that. And they will send funny messages. Some as cheap as a dollar, some as expensive as thousands of dollars. So As two dollars. Yeah, two dollars. That makes no sense. Uh, there is some comedian who put it in there for $99,999, which, of course, no one's going to do. Uh, but the $2 one, uh, we'll see if that one comes through or not. Uh, and then I have a few more lined up that are in the sub $10 range uh, that I think will end up being pretty see, funny. This, I can get this kind of promotion I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> is there um, is what's his name on there? Um, Maddox. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there because then we, because that's Randy's favorite player. Because then we could have him like say something like to my oldest fan. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good idea. In like a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if Darren Maddox is. I should have picked him as my cult hero, Darren Maddox, <laughs> Mister Hustle. Yeah. We could float it back in, Mister Hustle. No, that's all right. All right, guys, I'm gonna go uh, hang out with my wife because I I miss her. Um, okay, that's fun. Yeah, and I'm okay. gonna go get yelled at for delaying dinner. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm stopping recording now, and I'm uploading it. So I'll talk to you guys later tonight, probably. All right, bye. I'm in for some songs of majesty. <laughs>